in five, four, three. Hey, everybody. This is Danielle. Oh, and this is Daniel. <laughs> and this is Carla. We are Hoosier Homicide, a true crime podcast by Hoosiers for Hoosiers or for anyone that doesn't know what a Hoosier is. It, her phone? God. She just now turned off insurance. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. So that oh, makes Okay. That's at least better. Better than what I say. I, you know, because when you, if you if have I'm... to go, if you have to go get a brand new phone, you know, we can figure that out. Yeah. Well, you know, when I'm telling you, you a story, it's only half there. Half of it is either confused start or missing. Because most people, that you know, matter, that time with those cushions, yeah. <laughs> it's the conversation and the cushions. They were, they were. We couldn't find them. And what? you're like, what cushions? What? The only cushions that matter, God. Because the only people that need to talk to me are already in my head. And I have a conversation with them. And then I join other people in halfway through. Or I only read the first two sentences. Dad's pointing this out, too. Anytime I ask you a question, you just don't answer the question. You explain something else. I get that from mom. Like, that's not my fault. And you're like, so what about my question? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's why everyone is here to listen to me explain a story <laughs> that I'm telling poorly. I don't think, I don't think you do that to me. What? <laughs> And I think part of it is, is maybe you start to do that to me sometimes, but I redirect you. You're like, wait, wait, where, <laughs> where, where needs are you going with this? No, and a lot of things. I need redirection. <laughs> I want to put this. Okay. Well, your dad asked me a, an easy question the other night, something sports related. Well, it's easy or no, for you no, 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 no. I know what it was. We were talking about, we were talking about planes. Planes, trains, and automobiles? Right. So, long story short, he asked a, a simple yes, no answer question he asked a yes no question <laughs> and i answered him with two 15 minute long explanations followed <laughs> leading up to my yes or no yeah. well you just need to talk about something so might as well listen to us ramble on and on yeah yeah I talk about cushions and some other shit some other fucked up shit okay. i like I, I think what you do most is i'll be like do you still have some blue paint? And then you'll say, I'm cooking. Like, okay. <laughs> well, that tells you I'm fucking busy. I'm just like. Yeah, I see. Now, see, when you say that to me, I know what that means. I know that means I'm in the middle of something. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cooking right now. Okay, that really wasn't what I asked. It means okay. I couldn't go over to figure out how much blue paint we had, even though it was literally five feet away from me. Because it's in the living or the dining room. I Wait, see. It's called a dining room. I'm not sure we dine there ever. <laughs> Boris, quit sniffing. He's fine. Okay, we have two new Patreon members. <clears throat> I'm sorry. <laughs> you okay? That was one of the girls, by the way. Not me. <laughs> Margaret and Emma. Which is two beautiful names. I know, those are beautiful, beautiful names. I was like, that could be a first name and middle name. Whenever I hear the name Margaret now, I think of the Queen Sister. Oh, because we watched. After we watching uh, The Crown. Mm -hmm. Ooh, okay. Those are very stately names. Mm hmm. And Helen Bottom Carter, the spooky bitch, plays her. She's just one spooky bitch. Like, and I, it's <laughs> funny to see her in a different role. Anyways, thank you for your Patreon donation. I owe a lot of people stickers. Some shit went down. You might not have heard about it. It's a virus. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? And my favorite term, shelter in place. I wanted to get that tattooed somewhere. Shelter in place. It makes it sound like there's a fucking tornado coming through. There's just a long, perpetual down. tornado. Just Hunker constantly. down. No one can leave their house for this tornado could be outside at any moment. There was a tornado. I thought there, there was, was going to be. <laughs> I was bummed about that for a second. <laughs> that it didn't happen or that it almost That it, I was 
when I thought it was going to happen. Our daughter was bummed it didn't happen. Oh. Because I was thinking, great, this is the last fucking thing I need right now. Yeah. Yep. You, Mom said you guys were in the basement, and I was not in mine, and I was like, should, should I, I be? <laughs> she goes, don't know. Don't know. Okay. <laughs> not here to save you. Don't know. I'm here to tell you that I didn't move, and it was fine. Yeah. So far. Yeah. But still a virus. So anyways, if I owe you stickers, if you're a Patreon member, if you've left, left us a positive review that used the phrase paddywhack, <laughs> Carla said to <laughs> We've gotten a lot of really nice reviews, which they is nice. we're relatable. I know. We're so relatable. We're a little bit trashy. A little People trashy. People just get it. You a little know? edgy. You're trashy. Danielle <laughs> and I are. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to do Danielle that. and I are deboner. Deboner? You mean debonair? Deboner. <laughs> deboner. <laughs> Betty um, Swab and Deboner. <laughs> swab and Deboner. <laughs> okay, this is from K- Crazy Mad Magatha 93. I started listening. Oh, Paddywhack is the title. Oh, okay. Yeah. I started listening from the beginning about a month ago, maybe, and I'm three episodes away from being caught up. I love you guys. I live in Michigan now, but grew up in Fort Wayne. I've also lived in Muncie, Lafayette, Richmond. Daniel lived in Richmond. I did. Yeah. It made him a rich man living in It Richmond. was the opposite. <laughs> you were too young. Do you remember anything there? Uh, Yeah. A little bit? Yeah. Very There was little. something about you Very stealing little. drinks and passing them out at... I wasn't stealing. <laughs> I wasn't How old stealing. Were you? My parents had a tab. <laughs> it's already funny. And I ran it up. <laughs> By passing out free drinks to your friends, yes. right? But how old were you, like four? Three. Three. And he had Aww. these piercing blue eyes and a silver tongue. And he was just like, madam, may I have some madam, coke for my friends? Mother. <laughs> I still do. But I'm Father. not going to tell you what I do with the silver quit tongue. Quit it. Yeah. Quit it. Listening to you three is like listening to a little slice of home. Turning on your podcast is like listening to my old friends from back home bantering among themselves. Keep rocking it. It's beautiful. I'm going to cry. That's really nice. Okay, this is from Lady underscore TA. Great local podcast with just enough humor to make the crimes bearable. Love the rapport. Love the humor. Keep up the great work. We will. Try. Okay, this is from Guitar Picker 61. Larry, the geezer family Jew. Jewel? It cuts it off the title. (laughs) J-E-W-E. Jewel? Great to see other Hoosiers doing a podcast, especially one this good, even though I'm a Hoosier transplant. Great job. I can't even say the name Hoosier anymore. Who's here? Who's here? Who's Who's here? Okay. That was great. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Look at Boris. Oh, he heard you. Look at his drool, though. Oh, what? Is anyone eating anything? No. I had a cupcake. It's just from smelling Carla. (laughs) That's what does it to him. Okay. If you're a Patreon member... Or feel like I owe you stickers and you haven't got them, you could resend me your address. I got really bogged down with like this life shit and the kid being at home and I've lost track of a lot of things. Like things get buried in your email or your Instagram or, you know, you know. Yes. I'm trying to think of a better excuse, but I ain't got none. So you can resend me your address if you want more stickers and I'll try to do a better job. Other than that, Patreon people, a new ep- two new episodes come out at the last day of the month, which... Falls on a Thursday, so I'll have three episodes too. <laughs> it's worse. It's she, happened once before. She do like, it to herself, and it was di- it was bearable because what she went to preschool all day. Guess what doesn't happen anymore? Preschool, preschool. I did the math. I think I got like four months of her being in school because you count for our vacation holidays and her being sick. So I think I got like four months of preschool. There you go. Yep, solid. Hopefully that can carry her through. 
because I'm not doing real good on the education front. I will put teacher on my resume, though. You, you know, like, where did you get your degree? I was like, the University of Stay-at-Home Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like that. It's not just a bad... I got a master's of it. I've been here a long time. Student loans are ridiculous. You ain't gonna tell me now. I was telling Daniel... <clears throat> I can do this. That's what she was saying. <clears throat> I was telling Daniel about something I read. I don't know if it was on... The Murderino, Indie Murderino page, which you're on that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people will badmouth our podcast on there. And I like, we're lurking and be like, hey, that's me. I'll comment. Like, sorry I offended you. Go Just fuck don't be yourself. rude. Yeah. You say you don't like it. Yeah. But- that's fine. Are we the only ones getting badmouth on there? Nah, it doesn't happen very often. It's- it happened like once. Yeah, no, twice. But twice? Okay. Yeah. Two different times? Damn. I don't know. Damn. Nothing's right. worse than that private message from that one bitch. <laughs> Nothing's worse than that. And I'm still sorry she's ugly. <laughs> she got hit with a hot frying pan. It's not her fault. No, she could be normal looking, but she just chooses not to be. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I either read it. I'm also in like the first degree Facebook page, like another murderino type group that I'm in. But someone shared a Reddit conversation, anonymous. And some people are like, oh, this is a hoax. I kind of don't think it is because it's nothing outlandish. It's nothing insane. It's just a woman sharing some information she uncovered. And asking for advice. And I already, I'll tell it to you from the perspective as if it happened to me. I met Daniel online. Actually, you proposed today eight years ago? Yes. Yeah. And the rest is history. The rest is history. In the kitchen next to the trash can. It's my favorite story. Anyway. Favorite spot. It's my favorite spot. (laughs) The kitchen next to the trash can. I do spend a lot of time there. That's how she tells herself she's not disappointed. I'm not disappointed. Because she constantly tells everybody. It's great. Because other people, it's like... Their significant other led them on a magical hike uphill with rose petals the entire way and then proposed and had a camera, a photographer ready to catch the moment. There's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. I like the spontaneity of I went to a showing, a funeral showing, and then came home. And, <laughs> and said, he was like, hey, we have to do this now. <laughs> All of a sudden, I was in a real good mood. I don't know who died. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> so it must not have been that important. No, it yes, it was an old person. Well, I mean, makes it more tolerable. Anyways. So let's say Daniel and I have been married as long as we have eight years underwater. These are all things that are true. Yes. We okay. don't have to say that. But okay. But <laughs> let's, you're like, let's say actually it's true. So. So let's, pre- let's pretend that our reality is actually reality. Now we're going to introduce <laughs> you to a separate alternate reality. Which is true and also reality. Well, no, Go this on. is a false Oh, well, it's someone reality. else's story. I mean, it just works because we met the same way. Say we met online. And if I got... Say we've been married for eight years. So say, say, we you, got, say you guys were sisters, okay? <laughs> now, <laughs> let's pretend one of you came from a different vagina. <laughs> that would be <laughs> a <laughs> Anyways, let me finish this. I get Daniel drunk and he tells me some information about how we met. And he was like... I was like, well, we met through friends. Like, your friends... We were friends with my friends, and we met at a bar, and you asked me out a couple times. It's like, no, 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 no. I messaged you on a dating website, and you ignored me. It's like, well, sometimes women get a lot of messages on those dating sites. Like, you got to, you know, got to weed through some of them. And he's like, so I instead found you, made several fake profiles with several burner phones, fake numbers, set up dates with you, then didn't show up so that it would lower your self-esteem. And and then paid a man, a model, to meet with you on a date, have a really nice date, and then for him to dump you or turn you down for a second date and in a very crude fashion. And he's like, so that lowered your self-esteem even more. 
And he's like, and then I friended, I figured out who you were, where you worked, who your friends were. I'm in, he was IT or something. And your friends were in IT. And then I, so I hung out with them and they invited me to the bar. And that's how I met up with you. And I asked you out a couple of times. And that's how we are together now. That's extremely manipulative. Yeah. Yeah. So she's this far. And I think she really enjoys her life that she gets to be a stay at home mom with her daughter, her daughter, I don't know, who's pregnant again. So it's like, what should I do with this information? Like, he, I have a nice life. Like, I love my husband. It's just he got drunk and told me all this. And I don't know. Do I ask him again? It's so, one of those things you probably wish he hadn't. Told yeah, you better, can't un- be better off not. Knowing. Yeah, you can't unhear something. You can't unknow it. So it's weird. So it's like, should you be flattered that he went through all that trouble? But it's like she said she was real depressed for a, like because she's like she agreed to go out with him because it's like well it can't get any worse because she's gone on like three dates or people three or four dates that people didn't show up or said I just saw you and you're not as pretty as I thought you were and like saying so it's like so I don't want to meet you. Like, and it's like oh man so she's like i was really, really depressed cruel yeah and it is so it's like i lowered your self-esteem by lowering your standards and you agreed to go out with me and he kn- already knew stuff about her from like seeing your online profile like things you're like i like coffee and bread i don't know what you put on there. <laughs> so those things on your profile yeah th- there might have been i don't remember what was on we were talking about that that we need to find i see you like murder so i murdered for you <laughs> <laughs> So some people were saying that wasn't Coprophagia. true. <laughs> you know what I've always wanted to try? <laughs> <laughs> so some people were saying like, oh, this is a hoax. And I was like, it sounds belie- like nothing is, you know. They- and then he blew my house up. Like, you know, no, they didn't yeah. add anything. It's just like, I don't know what you do. And it was like they were celebrating. And this is recent because she was saying because she couldn't go anywhere to talk to anyone. And that he was celebrating his brother's engagement. and was like, I couldn't do it without him it's like did you help your brother so i bring that up i don't know if it's true or not because he stalked her so we're talking about the other half of the stalking case i've almost forgot i know everyone almost forgot but i'm here to remind you daniel has speaking roles this time he, i don't know how i feel about that what did the comments say i don't know there were a ton of them they're like oh she should leave him oh this is fake i don't know i i didn't read through all of them because it's like it doesn't matter it just sounds like something that could happen it's like it's not impossible. Yeah, it's like with the internet nowadays. It's like, so do you just accept it and move on? Like, my husband, uh, my now husband, liked me so much just through the internets is that he wanted to pursue me and kind of aggressive about it. But has he done anything else in life that would say now that makes sense? Like he does things as like now I understand. Like I can connect the dots. So if it was said, me, I probably would bring it up again and yeah. ask how many other times he had done it. I don't know if it make me feel better if it was just like a one-time thing. Like, she's not thing. leaving. I'm not saying you should leave someone over that. It's weird. It is weird. Like, if I found out Daniel, like, had catfished me, I didn't go out with anyone else, so he couldn't have. But fake phone numbers. Burner phones. Sound, hiring paying, someone. Yeah, to, like, trick you. And that's really, I mean, it's hard to come back. Like, serious blows to your self-esteem. It's like. You think of it. Yep. You, every time you look at him, it's, but he's like, I don't, I don't know if he's going to pretend like it never happened. Like, I was so drunk, I don't remember. I'd get him drunk again. Again, and be like, hey, remember that time you told me that stuff? (laughs) You have to listen to part one of the 11-month rule. That's what I named it. Part uno. (laughs) Part uno. So this is part two, because we're leaving off. She's been told that we're going to have this resolved in the next three weeks. So by spring break of 2007, around there, 07 or 08, like by this time, we're going to have this resolved because your boyfriend, that wasn't even really your boyfriend, it was a casual dating partner and they separated amicably. And now, so 11 months later, he was like, I'm back. And he was aggressively stalking her. You know, but he didn't hit her or 
try to abduct her. So it's kind of like, well, just what did they tell her to do all the time? Turn off your email. Turn off your phone. Yep. And that'll solve the problem. It didn't. She changed her. I still have to use those things. Yep. And like, just bury, bury yourself in a hole and he'll go away. Don't tell him where the hole is. <laughs> okay. And if he tries to hit you or rape you, just pee your pants and that'll stop. put a stop to it. Interesting. Or make yourself throw up. Or poop. Oh, I could probably panic poop. <laughs> Actually, after that coffee I had the other day, regular coffee, had it several times. I had a panic poop. <laughs> I had a panic poop. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So this is March 2nd, six months in. So we've been doing this for six months, which is exhausting. Uh, Don, her, and her ex-husband, Phil, was on his way to come get the kids. He passes the stalker at the gas station on the way into her addition and knows he'll be there on his way out. It never occurred to anyone that he would instead target her ex and her kids. So now it's like, I can hurt you more by stalking the people that you care about. As Phil passes the gas station, stalker Mike comes barreling up right behind him on his bumper. So I'm, I believe they're saying in a car. Phil stops his truck and gets out with a baseball bat. <laughs> I'm like, come at me, motherfucker. Mike got the message and proceeded to pull out and go and drive away. So he was actually scared by her husband with her ex-husband with a bat. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, you need a bat. Uh, Phil proceeded to follow him for a while on his ass, like riding bumper to bumper, then turned around and took the kids home. So it was just more like irritating. So like, this is just irritating. Uh, that day, Detective Lori and another detective came again to look through Don's computer. There is so much they requested that she turn the whole hard drive over to them. After they left, robocalls started coming to herself. 57 that day. <gasps> he used the voice changer thing. So it's creepy, crackly. Yeah, like, I don't know how you do it. This Compu is the Zodiac speaking. Yeah, that. Ooh. The voice, computerized voice said, tramp, 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 over and over and over again. That bitch, Carol Baskins. <laughs> She's a tramp. <laughs> over the next few days, hundreds more computer-generated calls in the god-awful computer-generated voice. They are disgusting and keep getting more and more vulgar, including threats. Things like, she is a snitch with scabs in her vagina, and she will die... That's way too specific. Yeah. You need to do less. Do less, bro. So it's like death threats, though. That's well, a, that's a thing. You can't do that. Yeah, but if you actually have scabs in your vagina, people need to know about it. Oh, no, I don't. How would you even get those? No, stop. You're going too far <laughs> with this. Emails still being sent all over with the same content. Like, the he got some topless photos of her, you know, from her own computer, stole them. Because he's not a dumb person. But the picture are now nudes of someone else's body with her face. So he's getting creative with the what's the generic art clip art <laughs> on your generic like that you the only you didn't have the internet you just had like the clip art stuff what do you yeah. what are you doing over there with your clip art making clip art yep <laughs> that's fancier though it's got a stylist Ooh. yeah yes. before it was like your finger or the mouse you're just like i was so bored if oregon trail wasn't working if oregon <laughs> i would make powerpoints like yeah <laughs> you would make powerpoints yeah on what a computer. No, I know, but like <laughs> a PowerPoint on make, how to make how to make a PowerPoint. PowerPoint. I'm sure there is a PowerPoint. Oh, but I know that. Um, one time, it uh, we for some reason took Dad's laptop camping with us, and I made a PowerPoint, and it was called "It's fucking or it's too hot outside." It's too hot. And outside. then, like the next slide was like, "I wish I had air conditioning." <laughs> That's a kid. I made that with him. Like, <laughs> That's a kid. I like, like present it. <laughs> you present, present it and you can like picture the background, like the one where it was hot. It had yes. like 
like warm colors yeah. when that was cold and i put in transitions <laughs> that's great stuff man it's <laughs> classic 90s education yeah <laughs> accusing her of sleeping with men women children and animals and obviously have a whole bunch of stds at this point it feels like everyone friends family work associates and strangers have received the crazy email so it's like she can't go anywhere without people be like oh i got weird porn emails about you it's like yep you did after March 6th, after looking into her, her account in the police computer system and seeing the retaliations each time she made a report meant that Mike's police officer friend Bobby was accessing her records. So abusing his police privileges Ooh. to look at what she's been doing, accusing his friend of doing stuff. So you can't do that. Uh, Detective Lori said that to help the situation, she would put a lock on the account. And that she should call her instead of making police reports. Also, Detective Lore shares that in an interview with Mike, he reached over and lightly touched her hand and suggested they should get drinks when this is all over. So he's hitting on the detective. Excusez-moi. Excusez-moi. I am a detective, sir. <laughs> he even contacted her on Match.com. So the detective oh was on Match. <laughs> oh he made gosh. a bunch of profile No. <laughs> and knew a lot about her. Things uh, he shouldn't have known about her family. Even she was creeped out. It's like, yep, he's creepy. Tried to warn you. March 29th, Dawn is wearing very thin. She just wants this all to stop and for him to be held accountable. But I think the big argument is like, how do you know it's the same guy? It could be like 20 different guys doing this. It's like, it's him. It's him. That's something a lawyer could definitely argue. Yeah. Chris and her talk about getting firearms. She feels like she can't protect her kids, let alone herself, from the stalker. He's clearly off his rocker yeah, and follows through with everything he said and is going to do and have. He says he's going to kill her and her family. She believed him and plans to take formal classes, training and carry. Unfortunately, with all the POs and police reports on file with the fact that if a stalker could find out, it would, without hesitation, make up some sort of story that could wind up with Chris and her in jail. So it's like if he finds out they're applying for carrying permits, it'll be he'll be able to turn that against him. And it's like. To get a permit, they're like, you've got a lot of shit going on right now in your papers. Like, things are lighting up, so you can't mm -hmm. have a gun right now. Which, I don't know if that's still that way or not. I don't know. Yes. Okay. It really depends on the state. Some states are pretty strict with it. Some states, not so much. Not so much. Dawn knows her time at the staffing service is getting short. Business has fallen off. They're consumed with stocking-related stuff. The doors are always kept locked. She doesn't ever go to networking events, and now the staffing service itself must file police reports and update the computer and security system because of Mike. So it's like, Mike, 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 are the doors Mike, Mike, at your building locked already? Mike, 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 yeah. All so time. Maybe this. We have key cards to get in. Yeah. Let's oh, see. that's fun. Yeah. I like that. So fun. Key fob. I don't. It's not a fob. Just a card. It's a card. <laughs> and it doesn't work. Does it go beep? It doesn't work a lot. Mm -mm, yeah. So I'll be sitting there tapping on the window. Please, I like, put it on there, take it off. Put it on there, take it off. Put it on there, take it off. And finally, Lewis will look at me and go, I have a seat. <laughs> Is he like the dedicated door on, opener? Yeah, he sits the closest <laughs> all day long. Like, help me. Help me. Help me. Okay, April 29th. Now Mike is going after Chris. So this is her boyfriend, fiance type thing. Chris has been great. He tolerated this whole thing. And although he wants to kill Mike, he is smart enough to stay away. Good job. Stalker then found Chris's ex-wife on Match.com. Why is everyone on Match? It's cheaper than eHarmony. Yeah, well. But, like, plenty you... of fish is free. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need quality over quantity here. Yeah, there is. This I is mean, because Tinder wasn't around. Yeah, yet. that's true. Yeah. Stalker found Chris's ex-wife on Match.com. Then where he works, his work email, his boss's company owner email. Now the company Chris works for starts to get receiving emails. 
emails about Don and emails about Chris accusing him of being a wife beater. He taunts Chris, basically challenging him to a face-to-face fight. There was no doubt that Chris would have ended up in jail. So it's like, I can taunt you and threaten you and say bad things about you, but you can't punch me for it. It's like, you know, some people just need punch. Will you read the first one? This is like, he. this is the context that he's publishing this in the newspaper. So you could read it in a newspaper type voice if you wanted to. What's the newspaper say? What's a newspaper type voice? <laughs> this isn't the radio. It's a newspaper. This is the radio. It's a free radio I a, show. I have a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You, you can, you know, whatever you want A to newspaper do. voice. She, Subject. She said that. Man found badly beaten. Fort Wayne. The man who was found guilty by his peers Thursday of sleeping with a married woman and being a wife beater and a liar was found badly beaten and dumped in a parking lot. Authorities report. Christopher, 43, the third and final offender in a long, exhausting case, was convicted in spring 2007 perjury, wife beating, child abuse, and being an all-around crying loser. (laughs) (laughs) You had me there for a second. Trial which lasted nearly four months. Dawn, the victim's sex toy and live-in, said the verdict meant, You mean I have to buy my own truck and house? And what what does this mean? I have to pay my own way from now on? So he, like, wrote a weird fake news report about how that her fiancé boyfriend got beat up and is convicted of child abuse and all this. And it's like, it's very threatening if you think about it, but it's also... You're threatening me? So he... um, It's very strange. But he does... Remember he was writing I just, like, don't... I mean... Newspaper writers, I think they're pretty usually good at writing. Yeah, and it's got to be accurate. And I don't, that doesn't, that didn't sound right. Mm-hmm. He's like, what are your sources here, sir? You just don't know how to talk anyway. Okay, so now everyone is getting emails about Chris. Mike let Chris know that S, Chris's ex-wife, and he are now friends. Mike contacted S on Match.com. Match.com. And they have been hanging out. He's getting the scoop on Chris. That night, S calls Asking for Chris's social security number for some forms. So if Daniel, if your ex-wife called you and asked for your social security number for some forms, what would you say? Call my attorney. Call my attorney. So she's, he's like, what the fuck? No, you're not. Yeah, you shouldn't give that over the phone. If we got a divorce, though, I would have to call and ask for his social security okay, number because well, I don't know it. <laughs> no reason that you couldn't meet up in person. It's like I would tell you the same thing if we were getting a divorce. Call my lawyer. You're like, you know, I was married to you for almost 10 years, and uh, I know how you like to write things down and then misplace them. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. Like everyone's address for all the stickers that, that might have been. It's been that like, long? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. So, but it's just so strange. Why would you? Oh, it's for some forms, you know? So, Chris asked her if it's for Mike. She confirms they are new friends. So, it's not, I almost felt like he would be faking it. Like, oh, yeah, me and your ex-wife are like super friends now. It's, she's calling to say, yeah, we're friends. And I need your social security number. It's completely legit, though. Just nothing bad will happen, I promise. Just give me the digits. <laughs> I, I, I promise. Okay, I'm sold. Yep. <laughs> he proceeds to warn her about the stalker and then hangs up. Like, you know, what's he going to do? Like, you're not my problem. It's like, if you want to be friends with the weird guy, go ahead. In the meantime, Connie and Don, this is her friend, devise a plan. After creating a hush mail account, Connie emails Don. The subject line is dum dum. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> it is written in the same context he would send emails and was probably kind of embarrassing for him to read. 
Right after that, Mike sends Dawn an email as himself, letting her know about key loggers. So it's a program, keystroke program. Connie emailed Dawn again, letting Mike know it was her and now can prove he is in her email. So it's like he's spying on her email Mm -hmm. and we can prove it. But when they tried to turn it in and explain what it was, it was frowned upon. There was no, there was contact that stemmed from them, even though Connie emailed Don, not him. So it's like you engaged with your stalker. It's like he's in my fucking email. It's like, but you had contact with him. It's like, I don't think she responded to him at all. It was just he snooping on their emails and was like, I can see you, just so you know. Because you have key, fo- key loggers. Again. Says hello, Clarice. <laughs> she feels so guilty. This is happening to Chris now, too. So she gives him an out. Like, I, you don't have to be here. We don't have to be together. He made it clear he wanted to stay. They decided to put her house up for sale and the kids and she move in with him. Honestly, at this point, she felt like giving up. She stopped tracking all the time she saw Mike. It wasn't doing her any good. She has lost all peace, about to lose her job. Phil is keeping the kids more and more and completely losing herself. Detective Lori encouraged her to keep tracking, however. And you're just like, it's not doing any good. It's just all the time. Will you read number two? Number two. (laughs) You can read this in any voice you want. (laughs) To Chris. Subject. You have been caught to the owner of a hashtag, hashtag, hashtag. It's pound. It's pound. Hashtag, 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 hashtag. Who the fuck do you think you are playing with douchebag motherfucker? Fusser. Fusser. F-U-C-E-R. Fusser. You have fussed yourself with your stupidity and you got no way out of this. You want to drag me into your bullshit and fuck F-U-C with my life and future. Yeah, that's right. I got you. I got both of you. And I'm gonna get the other two. You pathetic, silly little rat bastard, cop-calling, shit-stirring fool. Talk your way out of this one shit for brains. (laughs) I never lose, and I am never wrong, and I never accuse someone unless I know, and buddy, I know. You don't get 11 months, you rat bastard game-playing cop-calling moron. <laughs> I, I really like shit for brains. That's underrated. Yeah, it is. It's, a, it's not used enough, really. Mm-hmm. June 4th. Emails and other contacts have slowed down some. Mike has an appointment at the police station for a stress test aka lie detector surprise it shows he has been deceitful i don't know what that surprise. does surprise but it's you know it's inadmissible in court so i don't know what it is that they're using it for if he's trying to say i'm not a liar look and i go it says you're a liar i'm not a liar look <laughs> <laughs> again again <laughs> still a liar the next day another round of emails go out pertaining to her dad and how she became such a tramp the stuff that i read earlier that we won't repeat because it's terrible June 13th, Detective Lori went on vacation for six weeks. Damn, no one to take the case. She will work on it when she gets back. She Dawn later finds out that the detective took all the casework with her on vacation. I was like, she didn't, she was still working on it, but mm-hmm. she didn't know that at the time. July 7th, Chris and Dawn snuck off with a couple of friends and got married. Oh, that's so sweet. Then after a few weeks, when the emails and calls finally slowed down. From July to December, it was kind of quiet. Only on occasional email and occasional sighting, letting them know he's still there. It was still tense, weirdly almost more so with it quiet. Like, he'll be like, when am I going to see him next? Because I haven't seen him in a while. Dawn didn't think for a second he was gone for good. And until he was gone, she couldn't sleep. And she had to be alert and on guard all the time. It was exhausting. She just felt like he was out there planning his next move. Dawn talked to the detective every six to eight weeks or so. Just time saying it just a couple more weeks. Just a couple more weeks. 
The pizzas are on their way. Just a couple more weeks. He was going to get away with this, and who knows when he'd be back. 11 months, 11 days, then what? This was probably her lowest. She truly wondered if the kids and Chris would be better off without her, and it was the first time in her life she understood suicide. So this is what we're talking about. Like, it really affects you in every aspect of your life, and he isn't even really doing anything to her now, and it's still just as bad. It's just constant torment. Yeah. January 08, she has lived with this for over a year. January 14th, here we go again with the emails. Both to her and Connie, in a message to Detective Lori, he's back. I'm being. <laughs> I say that to death. I'm being. <laughs> January 15th, Don decided to go public. She contacted the Indiana News Center. She never got contacted by the News Center, but she did get a call back from Detective Lori. Coincidence? She was going back to the prosecutor's office at the end of the week to present the case. She went to the stalking forum that night for Stalking Awareness Month. I didn't know that existed. Now everyone does know. And what month is it? It's an entire month. January, I think. That's what it makes it sound like. Hmm. Should we wear it? do it when it's too cold to be out to stalk yep. people. Yep. Mm-hmm. It consisted of the police sergeant, someone from the prosecutor's office, sheriff's victim assistance, and the women's bureau. They gave information on documentation, procedure, pressing charges, victim's assistance, etc., Dawn was going through this with these people or in similar positions, and she could tell you firsthand it was bullshit. <laughs> so she's, bullshit. Bullshit. They won't do so shit for you. So I don't know if it was a different situation that's being stalked, like they could help them, that person, better than they're helping her. I don't, I don't know. None of them did what they said they were doing, so she raised her hand with, when appropriate and challenged them, asked questions, asked why she wasn't getting help. The panel asked to speak to her afterwards. All were very gracious and promised to do all they could to help. She was told by the sergeant that they knew of her case, that she or Detective Lori would call her the following Monday. Like, we're aware that this is a problem. You're one of those super hard cases that we don't like to talk about because it's extra hard. <laughs> Monday. No call back from the sergeant or the detective. <laughs> so they, they didn't call. Yeah. She then called the Women's Bureau and met with a very nice lady who could do absolutely nothing to help her. And she never heard from her again. <laughs> I we, love that. We encountered this a lot with dealing with insurance insurance bills health insurance with me that oh i'm it, like well when you said we i thought like you were referring to like you and i no me and my wee wee <laughs> oh, <laughs> mom, what? mom and i that you were trying to get people to help you or to understand or deal with bills and you would run into people that really cared and felt really bad for you and had zero power to do anything yeah. so you had to find someone that had power and cared so and that was harder to find and they're like i'm so sorry i really wish i could help you i can't do anything we had some people do it they're like Take this paper, pretend like I didn't give it to you. You know, it's had some people trying to help, but most people couldn't. So I understand this. Okay. January 22nd, after a number of messages to victim assistant Detective Lori, she finally heard back from her. They're still waiting on tech guy's report. She understood the frustration, but the evidence isn't all in, and what they had was circumstantial. After another month of no callbacks, no movement, she decided to seek outside help. Dawn emailed anyone she could think of. Dateline. Big news. And Mass.com. Dr. Dill. Oh. <laughs> Dr. Phil. You mean Mr. Dill? Mr. Dill. Mr. Phil. <laughs> McGraw, I think is his last name. <laughs> e- even Oprah. Wasn't until March that she heard from anyone again, but Detective Lori called with great news. Two of the prosecutors are interested in the case and will be working on it together. They are getting a hold of National Stalking Resource Center. They have prosecutor familiar with stalking cases to help. So the stalking the prosecutors aren't familiar with stalking. That's bad. They may actually prosecute. <laughs> That's bad. 
It was diff- a difficult case, though, and they may need even more outside help, which was not in the budget. So they are seriously considering prosecuting those. So they're like, we will need more resources and we don't have the money. So at least we're aware. Interesting. Mm-hmm. She is not to call or contact the prosecutors. They will contact you. So quit calling us is basically what they're saying. But we promise <laughs> we are working on it. Yeah. yeah. Don't call us. Our people will call your people. Have your people call my people. And then nothing for months. Crickets. September 2008, two years now. Detective Lori calls. The case is still moving forward. They have some good evidence. His old friend, L and L, come to the PO hearing. They came to the PO hearing with their newborn. Like, look, I have best friends. And look, one of them has a baby. I'm a good guy because I have friends with a woman that pushed out a little kid. So this makes me a good person by this, default. This makes this me good. This makes me a good person. A little crotch goblin makes me a good person. <laughs> you heard that? That's what you're referring to, a little baby. Crotch <laughs> goblin. No, no, when they become toddlers and they, oh, well, okay. you know, I guess. It, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I didn't invent that, just so you know. Mm-hmm. So they had a falling out with Mike and they were able to give some useful information. Surprisingly, his friend, the police officer, Bobby, also gave some useful information. Detective Lori informs her that Mike wasn't adopted. Even that was a lie. And she is ready to type something up and meet with the prosecutors again. Shouldn't be long now. Any moment, any second, the pieces any are on shit. their way. This is around the time Dr. Phil's producers call. They received the case and would like more information, so she started working with his producers to provide them with it. November rolls around and again... That's the one who I want the callback from. Mm-hmm. Everything is stalled. Dawn is frustrated and furious at the same time. Her PO is up. The case is still sitting there. She doesn't want to get another protective order because it may poke the bear. Right in his bowels. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Right in his bow. It's a problem when I think I'm funny. <laughs> it's hard for me to talk. <laughs> Although by now she has no job, no self esteem, and feels very defeated. Dawn calls Detective Lori to see what should be done regarding the PO and begins yelling, What the fuck am I supposed to do now? Why won't you do something? This is bullshit. Click. She got hung up but on she- Yep, got hung yeah. up. The detective hung up on her. The only person even remotely interested in helping Dawn just hung up on her, which I don't blame her. If someone's cursing at you, you can hang up. Yeah, that's true. Okay. She calls and apologized, begging her to continue the case. They went downtown and applied for a new PO. Since then, things had calmed down a lot and the stalker had backed off. She wasn't sure if they would grant another one or not. They did, though. And this time, he didn't appeal the, sec- the two-year PO. She continued to work with Dr. Phil's people. They even gave her support to get the protective order. She was invited to be on the show and they also invited Stalker Mike, willing to work within the PO parameters. Meaning like, I don't know if the protective was like a hundred yards of someone. I don't know if they just interview you separately. Meaning, Dr. Phil's like, I know we can't have you both on the same stage at the same time. Okay. Okay. They also called the prosecutor for information. Dawn was then informed the case was still moving forward and anything she did could compromise it. So she needed to be very careful. Nothing ever happened with Dr. Phil. And that was that. But that's interesting. That is interesting. The next two years are a blur. Detective Lori had a ton of vacation time and seems to always be gone, which she took the case with her, but Don doesn't know that. Don stayed home, hiding, very rarely left the house, and certainly never alone. The quietness with occasional sighting and, and emails let her know the stalker was still there. In 2009, she decided it was time to go back to work, not in public position, and she made an appointment with a therapist. During the first appointment, she told the therapist the abbreviated version of what has happened the past couple of years. He looked at her with a smirk and said, Paranoid much? That was the end of that. I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker. Like, I'm paying my goddamn hard-earned money 
to come here and tell you all my problems for you to tell me what to do about my problems. And he's telling her she's being paranoid because she's a woman with her emotions. You know yeah. how we are. You know Super are. crazy. Yep. She yeah. did. So like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she did start a part-time position at a publishing company she used to staff for and eventually went back to full-time work as an executive recruiter. January. Call from Detective Lori. There is a warrant out for Mike's arrest for three felony counts of stalking. Wow. This whole time. Finally got. You know what? You know why? She finally turned off her email. Yep. That's what did it. This whole time, it was like she turned off her phone and email. Finally. You asked for solutions. Then they told her. I mean, she just, as that woman, she wouldn't follow instructions like them women's do sometimes. And so now that she's following our instructions, right to go. They tried to, they tried to tell her. <laughs> January 2011, after four and a half years of hell, there was finally a warrant out for Mike's arrest. He was being charged with three felony counts of stalking up to 26 years in prison. After literally years of fighting, frustration, pushing, basically stalking the people who had the authority to stop her stalker, finally going to have to face what he's done. So, yeah, she's been stalking people to stalk her stalker. That's funny. Hmm, in a sad way. Hmm. Mike was working where? Match.com. <laughs> that would have been better <laughs> if he was. <laughs> that would have been great. Uh, at a homeless shelter. Oh, good. Yep. And saw the warrant and called the detective to turn himself in. He... Did turn himself in, but he bailed himself out and awaited a hearing. Trial is set for March. Don was acutely aware that retaliation could be coming. He's been arrested, and that might piss him off. (laughs) After an initial full-day interview with the prosecutors and court clerk, along with Detective Lori, she felt a huge sense of relief. Although they kept warning her about how the jury might see things, they may believe him or feel bad for him. It's still largely circumstantial. You remember we talked about that men are more likely to feel sympathetic for male stalkers. Like, he just likes her a lot, okay? If she just would have, like, gone out with him again, he probably would have left her alone. That's when you gotta be like, no. And the women are like, fuck that shit. Get out of my face. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. You guys just don't understand. No, you just don't. You just don't get it. After the meeting, Dawn saw the court clerk in the parking garage after the initial interview. She asked if she carried a firearm. Dawn said, no, don't right now. The clerk recommended that she start. Oh, no. Yep. What is Indiana's concealed? We have a, are we an open carry or concealed carry state? You can open carry. Okay. I don't understand people that do because all that says is if you're somewhere and there's somebody that's getting ready to shoot the place up, all you're doing is saying, hey, start with me. Shoot this motherfucker first. You know, that is is a good point. point. With all the police reports, POs, etc., they didn't know if they'd passed the background check, and if Stalker knew they had them or even applied, they wouldn't put it past him to shoot himself and say Don did it. Like, left a message. Put a Just here to himself. let you guys know that Don did it, okay? A suicide note. Don did it. Chris took a new position at his job and is now traveling every, every week. He's gone Monday through Thursday. But at home, she felt secure. She had an alarm system. Big dogs. Dog, dog. Shotgun and a handgun. Dawn had consciously decided the night of all the death threats that she was not going down without a fight. She felt ready for him if he showed up at her home, so that's where she spent most of her time. Which is sad they had to be trapped in your house. But, I mean, Boris isn't sad that we're trapped here with him. He likes it. The March trial is postponed. Turned out his attorney fired him (laughs) and rescheduled for November. This was a blessing in disguise. As the evidence from the subpoenas started coming in, it was mostly circumstantial. The Wi-Fi account... He was using him back to his neighbors. He was using his friend, police officer Bobby's computer, as well as L&L's computer. Nothing was coming back directly to him. And we talked about that at his beginning, like his house, his car, nothing was in his name. So again, not even the internet is in his name. And the computer, not in his name. It's like, this computer is in my name. 
Just so you know. No, it's not. No, never. (laughs) (laughs) Detective Lori and the prosecutors are working hard on bringing it together and have to balance it with other cases. There was so much evidence in this big of a stalking case, says no one, it was new to everyone. It was around April when a plea deal was set, sent to Mike. It was very light, like six months probation and no jail time. Of course, Don protested, but it was offered. He turned it down. What do you know? Man, six months of probation, no jail time. For being a fucking weirdo. Yeah. Well, they offered Ted Bundy a plea, didn't they? We talked about that, yeah. The attorney that... Life without the possibility of parole, wasn't it? Now, this is his opinion. This is the attorney saying this. I don't know if there's any other proof that this ever happened, but he he said, I got Bundy a plea deal. No one will believe me, but I did. But I didn't want to be his attorney anymore when he wasn't willing to help save his own life. He was like, I have a plea deal for you. And he was like, I'm not taking that. And he's like, do you want to die? He's like, kind of, yeah. But it's like, then why do you keep breaking out of jail if you want to die? He's like, I mean, more- I want to escape, but if I'm going to be in jail, yeah, I die. You want to die. So that's it. I don't remember the attorney's name. Brown was the last name, I think. But it could be wrong. It's weird. Uh, we talked about that on the Barefoot Bandit case because he represented that dude too. Hmm. Okay, Stalker Mike is claiming he is innocent and wanted to go in front of a jury. He thought he could charm them into believing him, just as he has so many others. With the overwhelming evidence being mostly circumstantial and his remarkable ability to tell lies, it was concerning. The November trial was again postponed. New trial date, February 12th. Turns out, in the investigation, they found his ex-wife he stalked before Dawn, as well as an ex-girlfriend after her. Their testimonies were heard, and they were going to be allowed to testify in front of a jury. She felt bad for both of them. (laughs) Neither wanted to be there. (laughs) After years of torment and P.O.'s, his ex-wife had put it behind her. She moved on with her life, but was still very clearly affected by what she had gone through. The girl he found after Don was young and had some personal issues that he exploited. The trial was scheduled to begin and set for a five-day jury trial. So this is a big to-do. Sounds like it. (sighs) Because sometimes they just do it in front of a judge and the judge decides, you know, but this is an actual jury. Don spent hours upon hours with Detective Lori and the prosecutor over the course of months leading up to the trial. Basically, she helped to show that it couldn't have been anyone else but her stalker. She also saw for the first time some of the reports he had put on her along with some other things she didn't know. For example, he turned her in for fraud with the state and for for insurance fraud, among other things. She learned so much about the system, how the prosecutors work, as well as a newfound respect for the prosecutors and Detective Lori. Like, their jobs are super hard. And they have a lot of things going on at the same time. That's why you have to be smart. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a prosecutor. I mean, to our kid, I'm the prosecutor. <laughs> the judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah. Five and a half years since it started, the, re- the reality of facing him in court was setting in. She was looking forward to it, but terrified at the same time. Terrified of telling the story, facing him, his lies, being cross-examined, and under the judge and jury's microscope. She also knew that the media had caught wind of the trial, and it was a top news story. Yeah, because it's fucking crazy. The trial. Jury selection is first. They go upstairs to gather and wait for everyone that needed sequestered that day for trial. She sees his friend, police officer Bobby, and friend L. The prosecutor and defense did their opening statements, not being allowed in the courtroom. She didn't get to hear. So you're because you're testifying, you have to be somewhere else until you testify, and then you can stay in the courtroom. Hmm. I think mom had to do that, too. When she testified over the explosion, she had to be I didn't know. in a hallway until she could come in. Here, this hallway. This hallway will accompany you. Rumor has it, prosecutors kicked ass. They were taken into a small private room with a meeting table, and they will spend the next five days. No phones, no internet, no TV. They could not talk about the case at all. I think they played Euchre. 
<laughs> Alina, I teach That's you to play like the what Uber. Always, what always freaks me out is when you start hearing, like, the OJ. Oh, they were sequestered for, like, ten months or some right. shit? Yeah. Okay, might not have been that long, but it's a long time. She had her friends and family there along with a few that were clearly not happy to be a part of it. It was tense and nerve-wracking. Like, people that get subpoenaed, like, I don't want to have to be here. But they're there. Dawn was first on the stand. She looked out and saw Detective Lori sitting with the prosecutor. She knew that the, that was the plan, but it made her happy to see her. So they become kind of close because of all this. Let's see. They had spent so much time together working on the case. She became an amazing source of strength. Then she looked at the defense table. There he was, Stalker Mike, sitting smugly with a smirk with his public defender. He really believed he was going to win this. His parents and sister aren't there, but a group from the homeless shelter is in support. <laughs> <laughs> She had a friend in the gallery, one, and there were some reporters. No one else she knew was allowed to uh, to be there since they would all be called to testify. The judge she heard great things about being fair and reasonable and not taking crap. But would they be able to see through Mike's lies? After swearing in, she started at the beginning, and after more than six hours on the stand, the first day had been adjourned. Imagine the pressure of being on the stand in front of the judge and jury, having to remember dates and sp- uh, specifics for six years with no notes and no timeline as time passed things start to run together and become blurry she was afraid if she got mixed up the defense attorney would try to use it against her it's like that's hard like if someone asked me like the date of something i'll be like did i say it was that day before in writing on a piece of paper and they're like yeah i was like well that's I'd be like whatever i said before is good <laughs> did i write it down and then lose that piece of paper they would they- hate trying to <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, trying to I don't do know. This to you. I'm like, I don't know. Like, what do you want from me? They get mad when you say, I don't know, too. I'm like, I don't know. if you have a way to crack open my brain and take the information out, I would let you. But <laughs> I don't think you can. It's called a lobotomy. Anyways. <laughs> Day two. Don is first on the stand again. Another four hours or so. Also scheduled are the cell phone and computer experts. They found the original images as well as altered images on the thumb drive Mike turned in. He thought he had deleted them. Also, to testify is his next-door neighbor who had the IP address came back to. Day three and four, Connie, Chris, L, her mom, and dad, co-workers, friends, and 23 police officers who took reports. Detective Lori, his ex-wife, his ex-girlfriend, along with a few others, took the stand. Somewhere Damn. towards the end of day four, the judge basically asked the prosecution to wrap this shit up. <laughs> they were very aware the desperate people do desperate things. And as the trial was progressing, Mike could get nervous. And with nothing to lose, who knows what the hell he'd do. But he obviously super narcissistic and hasn't testified yet, so he probably thinks he'll win. Who knew? Either way, they were on alert. So they're worried about what he'll do because he's fucking nuts. Especially because on the way out of the parking garage across from the courthouse, Chris and Don got in their car and began to back up when a big white van comes behind them and blocks them in. Terrified, people started to get out of the van. It was the group from the homeless shelter. <laughs> they, no. wanted, they wanted to tell her how good of a guy Mike had been for them and was sorry for whatever she thinks he's done. Oh, but mm-hmm. he really is a good guy. I'm like, like, get the fuck back in your creepy ass white van, please. I'm like, whatever you think he's done Real to Real unfortunate what happened to her. Real unfortunate. Day five, still sequestered. It's the f- defense's term. He testifies and explains it wasn't him. Some other guy. They're really bored with a lot of free time. Hey. <laughs> A magic thumb drive appeared on his porch, which is the thumb drive he turned in, but it wasn't his. Someone else left it there. It wasn't him. Closing arguments, the verdict came back with a couple hours and why he w- was found. Why would you leave your own thumb drive on, you know, that's On your stupid. porch, with so your you own images. Yeah. 
He turned in to be a good guy. The same exactly. with me that vandalized that. I didn't vandalize that car. I helped clean it up because I'm a good person. Exactly. He was found guilty. He was charged with three counts of felony stalking. Two were for Dawn. One for, was for stalking Chris. He was found guilty of both felony counts for her, but not for Chris. They later asked the jurors why they didn't convict on the third. They said that although all the actions and harassment were there, Chris, in his testimony, was af- asked if he was afraid of Mike. Chris replied, no, not if it was one-on-one, but he didn't trust him not to bring a gun to a fist fight. He was more, or more afraid for Don than he was for himself. They deemed that Chris is a big, strong guy, basically, so Stalker was not guilty of making him fear for his life, even though all the stalking actions were there. You weren't afraid. You didn't admit you were afraid, so we, we think he didn't stalk you. Mike was then escorted out of the room. She could breathe. His ex-wife could breathe. His ex-girlfriend could breathe. Sentencing was scheduled for a month later. They all turned in victim impact statements and had the opportunity to speak in court at the actual hearing. Both sides get to speak their piece. His parents were there for sentencing but did not speak for him. He had a couple people from the shelter speak on his behalf. Like, I wonder if that was tactical to work at a homeless shelter right before all this. He's a good person. It's like volunteering at a church. And if he's sitting there going... What a waste of fucking time. <laughs> He's like, this didn't help me at all. Judge Gull gives her ruling 10 years, five for each felony to be served concurrently. It's less time. Damn, Ricky. He wouldn't give, he wouldn't be eligible for parole until February 2017. Dawn was thrilled. She was going to get her life back. She was also awarded restitution of $33,000, which she figured she'd never see. The case was over and she did a couple of interviews with local news station. She also filed a complaint with internal affairs regarding his friend, the police officer, Bobby. They found him only guilty of bad decisions, not criminal. He did get a small <laughs> reprimand, but that was it. It's like, hey, Bobby, quit accessing them computers you're not supposed to. 10-4, good buddy. <laughs> they're like, see, we reprimanded him. Don realized in preparing for this trial, she was speaking for others, too, and wanted to shed light on stalking. It can happen to anyone. Detective Lori and her also became great friends. They did an episode of Stalked, Someone's Watching, on Investigation Discovery. It was season four opener entitled Twist of Hate. One of the questions she got all the time was, what are you going to do when he gets out? I was like, fuck. (laughs) Shit. Chris and Don also finally got their carrying permits. Okay, she used the alias Hiding Hilda. Like, she had to make so many email addresses and stuff. It like, one was like pest control at, you know, because he has to see her email all the time. So one was Hiding Hilda, was a, a like a, any other that she used. Hiding Hilda. Mm-hmm. She decided to name her first firearm Hilda. I didn't know naming firearms was a thing. I don't know. Once she got comfortable carrying, it changed everything. She felt empowered, no longer weak, and would never go down without a fight. Solid. She started speaking for the National Stalking Resource Center and at other domestic violence conferences. The company she worked for was very conservative, gun-free, professional accounting office. She looked and looked for a secure way to carry. Most concealed carry purses were not very stylish, and she likes Coach and Michael. Well, now Force. wait a second. You should you should be taking that right away from her. Well, they're about it's to. Because she was. <laughs> well, they're going to. She right sought. Now. She sought help. Yep. So Don's employer eventually came to her and said she had to give up all her anti-stalking efforts, take it off her LinkedIn, and give them a hundred and twenty percent, or she would be let go. I would leave. Yeah. Her they, what? Like, you're not focusing enough on your job. Like, you're dealing with the stalking oh. stuff, and we need you to, like, get over it and yeah. focus on your job. Which isn't wrong. Like, you should... And she admitted that. I wasn't giving my job enough attention. Yeah. They gave her 30 days, however, but then three days after that, she was let go. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, but I think she was okay with it. She was like, you know what? I don't belong here. Like, I have other things in my life now that I'm going to work on. 
Chris and Don went to a gun show, and there was a small company, Bold and Courageous Women, yep, yep, that sold concealed carry bags that were different from ones she had previously seen. She asked the owner if she wanted a partner. Turns out she wanted to sell the company. That's it. She's going to start a business that focuses on women and self-defense, advocate for the Second Amendment. The name of her company seems so natural. Hiding Hilda, LLC. So she's an advocate for the Second Amendment. That's, I mean, I don't, you know, if I had someone stalking me, I would have guns more readily, probably. If you were having a problem like that, yeah. A shotgun in particular. Then all of a sudden they're okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say When it's going to benefit me, then we're okay with No, I don't blame her for wanting one or having more. And she couldn't get her carrying permit because all that shit was going on, which isn't fair. So she feels safer and better with it. I'm not going to tell her she can't have one. She passed a back. She's not crazy. You know, she passed a background check. A thorough one, I'm sure. Right? Huh? Nothing. Huh? <laughs> well, she wasn't a felon. Yeah, she wasn't. She was a lot. But to what carry. kind of stuff do you think needs to appear on a background check? Yeah, I don't know. See, I didn't uh, write those laws. I don't know. To, if you go to the psychiatrist, she went to a therapist once. Yeah, so should that keep her from getting? Should that go know. on your permanent record that you visited? And I don't know if it's like your carrying is different than owning, like right those permits. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's her thing, though, which is fine. In April, she got a call from the prosecutor. Three years after conviction, Mike is getting out this week. How did this happen? She had no idea it was even a possibility. He got an associate's degree and is working on a bachelor's degree while incarcerated. That's They do that a lot. That combined with good behavior meant he got to get out super early because oh. he's a nonviolent offender. So his 10 years became five years because it was concurrently. And then five years cut in half because every 12 hours is a day. So that means it's three years. But with good behavior and getting degrees, it probably got closer to a year and a half. That he had to say, like prison math is great. If you ever watch Jailbirds on Netflix, that's great shit. Really? Yeah, it's it's like a docu series documentary in people in jail, and they'll have prison math. Like they're like, I got two years for this, but subtract from my good time. I've been clean for three months, so that should add more time here. But you take like it's great, and they have wow. (laughs) So, but I think that's what I just rattled off my head. It was prison math. It could be wrong, but that's how he got out early. According to the DOC, the stalking statute was missed in the 45-day notification system and is still considered a victimless crime. So they should have let her know. Like, hey, that person who ruined your life for like five years, he's going to get out in like a few days. He's probably mad. He's probably mad. Like, just, you know, just keep that in mind. The prosecutor didn't even know that kind of, they kind of stumbled across it having got a call from the parole officer asking about any computer restrictions for the parolee. Officer's like, is there any reason he can't be on the computer, the parole officer? You know, that's usually a restriction, and they do it anyways. But And as soon as he walks out of prison, the protective order is up. How much sense does that make? And I don't know if it's still like that or not. There is appeal while he is incarcerated, but it's up as soon as he is out. Back to the courthouse. She goes with Detective Lori. He hasn't been in contact in the last three years, so she has no idea if the appeal would be granted. It was, and there was no appeal this time. Dawn keeps her eyes open everywhere she goes and has Hilda with her. This time, she's not hiding. In November 2015, that same year, she got a call from Detective Lori. Mike was arrested for violating his parole. He was found guilty on two counts, but got right out with time served. I don't know if it was two counts of stalking. April 2016, he was totally off parole and done with his sentence. He wasn't even supposed to be eligible for parole until February 2017. And he's done completely. It's because he was the right color. What? He was a white male. A mediocre white male. How can one person, his parole officer, decide he's done? 
After a five-day trial, the jury, the judge of the jury, one fucker can decide. I didn't know this is, but his parole officers were like, he was good. So he cut the parole time in half. He's a good boy. He didn't give me no troubles, so I let him go. She was pissed. Don has gotten a couple of calls now from women he's dated, women who now have protective orders on him. Mike has even forged a letter from the FBI exonerating himself of all charges, naming her as a protected informant, explaining why he went to prison. Okay. Yeah. And he has learned how to use Microsoft Word and spell check. (laughs) He's he's greatly exceeded. Honestly, it was desperately needed. He took a keyboarding class in prison, okay? On... July 2018, Stalker Mike starts visiting Dawn's daughter at her job. But, like, you can't stay away. Like, he just can't do it. It should have been compulsory for him to have a psychologist and a therapist and, like, other courses that he had. Maybe there were, but he needs some psych meds. He does. She freaks out, of course. The owner won't ban him without a protective order. They decided not to get one. She's now 18 and would be required to fill it out herself which means he would have all of her information too. So it's like you have to know what address you can't come near. So wherever the daughter is living or working, he'll know now. So much. Yep. He'd have all of her information and could possibly appeal it also. They instead make a police report and keep it on file. Don did decide that now would be a good time to go after that $33,000 restitution. Turns out the way restitution works is it is tied to parole. You don't get off parole until restitution is paid. Hmm, that's funny. It's one lump sum, no payments, and that box was not checked in his case. Oopsie doodles. Well, the boxes are all quite similar. You know, they're square and white, and (laughs) it's in a black outline. It's just very confusing at times, okay? So, he shouldn't have got off parole without paying her back. She literally had to get another attorney to take him to civil court, but it was worth it. So, it's just like so much trouble for the victim. Like, the victim is almost being punished for how easily he got off parole. Yeah. The first letter went out. His attorney came back with a statement saying he would pay only if she signed a form and stopped harassing him at work. Oh. Excuse me? Excuse me? The fuck? The fuck? Excuse me? He says that she's harassing him. Oh, hell no. The second letter comes with an offer of $5,000. Bitch. She probably has guns more expensive than that. Yeah. He's going to be on disability soon and she won't get a dime when that happens. Again, oh, hell no. She knows she now knows he owns a vape business for the past few years and brags that he is doing very well financially. Don tells her attorney, it's bullshit and won't accept. The third, they come to an agreement March 2019 and she got the money. I don't know if she got the full. I don't know what she agreed. But, you know, at some point, I just want enough money and to be done with you. Mm -hmm. This experience has led has led to a whole new life for Don that she never imagined. She says she never would have got through it if it wasn't for Chris, her friends and family. She lost a lot over those six years, but it has led to amazing opportunities to help empower other women and the Second Amendment advocacy. She has met the best people in the firearm industry, love what she is do- what she does, and feels like she is making a difference. Stalker Mike lives about 10 minutes away from her in the next <laughs> town over. Who knows if he'll come back? Don promises, though. If he does, she'll be rich. Damn. Damn. All that. All for, that. Like, what, you, what reason? Just to bother her. Just to, They weren't a serious couple. She didn't take anything from him when they broke up. It was just like, okay, well, we're both done. 11 months later, bam, I'm going to ruin your life for like five and a half years. How annoying. It's just how much trouble. He was smart, though, was the other problem. Like, if I tried to stalk someone, 
I wouldn't be very good at it. I'd be like, I could probably show up places, but to break, hack into you their computer. You would been there because there'd be hair everywhere. Listen, like... it's not my fault. I need a haircut. Um, listen. <laughs> I did tell you that when I got in your car. Don't murder me. Because Please if you don't. do, well, you'll never get away sure. with it. Hair is everywhere. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, that just means I should vacuum real well after I murder you. I was like, touche. <laughs> touche, motherfucker. <laughs> Oh, so I feel bad, but she, I'll put a link to her website. She has a lot of programs, advocacy stuff. Um, she does have a line of, a line of bags or purses that are more stylish that are built to carry handguns. Cause women, I mean, I don't always have a belt on. She does like Michael, Michael Kors and coach. I have some coach purses, but a gun would not fit. I mean, it might fit, but I could never get it out yeah. of the smaller one. So I don't know what they look like, but it's a good, I bet she makes some good money on that market. And there are, there's definitely a market for it. I think she was working on making that if I have a permit and a carry conceal permit or that I could travel from Indiana to any other state with it and that I don't have to reapply or do fun uh, shit. What does Tyler have to do if he wants to take his gun to Ohio? I don't know what the law is. I think you said at one point he has to get out of the car, put it in the trunk. That's a little Do three spins. Three spins. Okay. In Illinois, what does he have to do? And say... Well, it, so they've changed it recently. <laughs> okay. But you used to not be able to carry, like, your gun permit in the state of Indiana is not good. Yeah, and that's something she was working on, because women, if I travel, my stalker might follow me, so that's her thing, which I, I'm not a gun debate person. We're not going to debate guns here. That's This is just what she does, and I'm not going to tell her she can't protect herself. It ain't none of my fucking business. Whoa, Got it. So, but I think you remember he had to get out of the car at the state line. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Boris has opinions on it. <laughs> you scared me. He had to get out of the car at the state line, put the gun in the trunk separate, like, you know, like it, pieces couldn't be touching each other or some shit, and turn around and stand in a bucket of mashed potatoes while singing the national anthem. Uh, <laughs> a bucket? I, I do not recall. I feel like I heard him say that because I thought it was very interesting at one point. So, yeah, that's her thing. She wants to be able to carry her gun into other states without having to do whatever that's... I don't know. I don't know how you win that. But her in particular... Uh, That is a... You're going before state lawmakers on that one. Oh, okay. That is correct. That is correct. So she... Or I guess that could be federal to say that there was a federal... You can't make... I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know, that's her thing. I like her thing. Uh, Purses are good. You do you. I'm glad. You like my thing? Mm. No. Mm. Not you, Carla. (laughs) (laughs) So I will put a link to her website. She has resources. The rest of this blog that I took took this from and repurposed it to sound like it was not from me, but from her. And resources. I said that already. Purses, stuff like that. I don't know what else, but helpful shit. Right? They is correct. If you're a stalker, you should stop stalking that person. You stop stalking in general. It's bad behavior. It is frowned upon in polite society. Keep your dick in your pants. Always. Always. That was from the first thing. I've been on a stalking strip. Unless you strip. have been asked specifically <laughs> not to. <laughs> I've been on a stalking kick. I don't know why, but the two episodes before this one was about that guy that liked to swing his wiener around like a helicopter from his bay window at the women at that pharmacy (laughs) he's like swing around your head like a helicopter (laughs) i'm sure it wasn't that big i'm sure it wasn't that big and we throw a dildo into the pharmacy window (laughs) screw you guys get it get it it's funny okay i have to stop tell them where to find us you can find us on instagram and twitter at who's your homicide we also have a facebook page 
and you're on all the major podcast sites. Mm -hmm. I think I post the most on Instagram. I need to update that other stuff. And if I owe you stickers, you can send me your address again without being rude. Just be like, here you go, Danielle. I'm sorry you have troubles in your life. Sorry you have troubles. (laughs) Troubles. (laughs) (laughs) And I will get back on the horse proverbial horse when hi i'm the horse stop it stop it don't do that (laughs) no (laughs) lord help us all and for honest to goodness stay out of the corn (laughs) (laughs) sorry he was yawning (laughs) nothing beat that day i forgot to say it though (laughs) i was like like, i forgot Like, you make me look so dumb when I see it without you. Because <laughs> who says stay out of the corn for fun? Right, Boris? Stay out of the corn. He doesn't speak English. No, habla inglés? Mm-hmm. Baxter, I didn't know you spoke Spanish. We're good, we're good, we're good. We're we're good. good. Just stay there. Oh, he's already getting it. Oh. <laughs> 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 he just got comfortable and then I'm... <laughs> Boris! He sneezed and headbutted Daniel so hard oh. today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they were like curled up on the bed and he just like... He had to wind I, up. Yeah. I got my uh, I got my bell rung on that one. Yeah, he oh, was just no. like, oh, this is a big red spot. Ugh. I was like, do you have a He does have a big head. It didn't bother him at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he was on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Thick skull, too. <gasps> Help! <laughs> you know, these are really nice couches. Help! Will you hand her that blanket right there? Help, You're going to use get, a blanket? Get up and go get a nap. Okay, okay, hold on. <laughs> Okay, now that Carla's done dumping Diet Dr. <laughs> Pepper. Me, it was which is, that's a horrible. Diet Dr. Pepper? Ugh. It's so good. It's agnostic. What is it? No one knows. We can't possibly know. Diet Dr. Pepper <laughs> is agnostic. <laughs> 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 South Park. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>